On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Welcome to Setting the Captives Free. This is session five. Just a little review here. We're talking about Luke 4, 18 and 19. This is Jesus's ministry. He said that the Spirit of God has anointed him that he to preach the good news to the poor, the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, restore sight to the blind, and so forth. This was Jesus's ministry, and this is what he did. And we believe that it's our ministry too. One of the most exciting things that happened in my life was that when God really, I got filled with the Spirit in 1982, and the first thing that, that really happened to me is that after that, is that like, I, I want to share this with everybody else. I want to help other people experience the same thing that God had done in my life. And that's so exciting. And I'm, it's many years later, and um, still excited about that. I want to see people set free. I want to see people that receive the fullness of everything that Jesus paid for at the cross. And so it's so exciting to participate, to get to say, wow, I get to be used. Um, I shared in one of the previous sessions, I grew up in church, and in the particular church I grew up in, I was supposed to share the gospel all the time, you know, and I, I was so frustrated. I, I, would, I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't do it, and then when I finally would do it, I would just, just, I would just share so much and how bad they were and what they needed to do, it. that didn't work. And I just, I couldn't ever, it seemed like it never worked. Well, after the Holy Spirit came upon me and he anointed me, then it changed everything in me so that I could share, and I had a heart, and I wanted to see people, whatever it was, to be set free. So when we, we've been talking about the ministry of Jesus, well, first, the Spirit of the Lord anointed him. He came upon him. We've talked about the need for the Spirit. Then we talked about that the first thing he did was preach the gospel to the poor. So we've talked about what is the gospel and that in the previous sessions, and how do we communicate that, especially by our testimony? Now, I want to take this session, I want to just talk about practically, because when you talk about healing the brokenhearted, deliverance, healing, re- helping people, you're, you're talking about a change of the ministry. It's not just talk. And so there's some keys to practical ministry. So that's what I want to talk about. Number one, make a point here, we're not talking about counseling. Not against counseling. But this is not about counseling. This is about ministering the power of God to people. We're not trying to fix people. Uh, We have a tendency that we are fix-it people, especially men. That's not what this is not about. We're not about trying to fix people. We're trying to help people discover the reality of who Jesus is and what he has already done. So what we're really doing is we're extending the love of Jesus, the love of Christ to people. We're trying to help people get connected. You know, it's so interesting. I mean, if you look at your Bible, you think about this. This was the same Bible that people read in 1780. Oh, it was the same Bible they read in the 1600s. It's the same Bible that people read in the early 1900s. It's the same Bible people are going to read in, in 21 if, if 2100s if Jesus doesn't return. Do you know that it's still just as clear and it helps us today as it did in any of those generations? We've had the privilege of being able to travel and go to different places on mission trips. And you know something? People are all the same. No matter what culture you live in, no matter what race you're from, 
Everybody has problems, and the answer and the solution is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It, it doesn't change. It doesn't matter always because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we get the opportunity to extend that ministry. So here's some things I want to just point out. Number one, we are not the source of healing. Don't put pressure. There's no pressure for you to perform. There is no pressure on people to receive. Don't put pressure. God doesn't put pressure on us. Uh, He does sort of, but at the same time, we're not the ones supposed to put pressure on people. We're not the source of healing. We're simply vessels that get the opportunity to help people connect to Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit. We just get to participate. So there's no pressure on us, and we don't want to put pressure on anybody else. Jesus, the power of the Spirit in us, is the source of life and healing. Uh, It's not us. I I don't carry any kind of measure except I'm, I'm carrying the presence of God. And so we've got to learn how to trust the Holy Spirit. So our job is to love. Our job is not to fix people. Our job is not to counsel them and try to help them make all these right decisions. No, our job is to love and extend the love of Jesus to them. And again, just say again and again and again, we're not here trying to fix people. We're not here trying to get them out of their problems. We're trying to help them connect to Jesus Christ. A couple of other things here, just as a, whenever you really start praying for people, whenever you get the opportunity to share with somebody, always ask for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work. And so learning how to go, okay, I need you, Holy Spirit. You don't have to pray that out loud. You don't have to get on your knees and act some kind of religious spooky. You just, you know, just say, Lord, I need you. I need your presence. It's his ministry, and he wants to extend it through us. So any ministry that's going to be effective, we have to be sensitive to him. That's where all ministry is any good. And so whenever we're at talking to somebody, ask them what, you, what God wants them to do. Uh, Remember, Jesus would ask sometimes, said, what do you want me to do? Uh, and one time, he's like, you guys are going, hey, yo, I'm blind. Hello, I'd like to see. Why did he ask that? Do you think Jesus didn't know the guy was blind? Sometimes it's important for people to articulate what the real issue is. They, what do we want them to do? A lot of times, there's problems there that they have problems with their family members and loved ones and and especially parents and and our past issues, and they're dealing with all kinds of stuff, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but the power of of truly learning how to forgive, let go of things. So many people are so bound up under what somebody has done to them, and granted, there's a lot of hurt and pain there, but the reality is, is that we want to help people focus on what Jesus has done for them, how Jesus has forgiven them, and helping them to get to a point to where they can forgive one another. Listen to what somebody is saying. The real amazing thing is, is that you listen in the natural. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So most people just unknowingly are talking the whole time and telling their issues. So if you listen natural ears and you listen with spiritual ears, you'll begin to recognize, wow, begin to hear what's really going on in a person's life. You hear anger. You hear unforgiveness. You, you will hear fear you will hear people literally speaking that out of their mouth. And so that's really what God wants us to do is to listen, listen. We don't talk, listen. And you always want to try to deal with the root issues. You don't want to just try to deal with, 
people come up and will say, oh, pastor, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with smoking or I'm struggling with some kind of an addictive behavior. And uh, they, they focus on that. Well, Romans 8, 15 says, God didn't give you a spirit of bondage again into fear, but he gave you a spirit of adoption. He cried, Abba, Father. So what happens is that we focus too much on the problem, the problems get bigger. So what we want to do is help people understand that, wait a minute, perfect love casts out fear. You need the relationship with Father and not focused on the problems. So that's what we're looking for. We're not looking to, I'm going to help you uh, to not smoke. I'm going to help you to get out of your addiction. No, that's called counseling. We're not counseling. We're trying to get over here to the root issue and trying to say, well, the real issue is you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. That's what God really wants us to do. So here are some root issues. I'm just going to go through these pretty quickly. Whenever you can encounter somebody, it doesn't matter if it's in church or where it is, the real issue is, have they actually been born again? As I said, when we talked about preaching the gospel, we have people in church that are churched, but don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So a lot of times we're dealing with people, we're trying to help people, they don't know Jesus. They think they may know Jesus, they may know about Jesus, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Many people we encounter today have never been baptized with or in the Holy Spirit, really the power of God. A lot of times, root issues are always with the family, and especially with parents and father. And a lot of times, these issues cause rebellion, rejection, and all kinds of stuff. Um, another issue is the issue of being under authority. Authority is a huge issue, and understanding authority is something that's very, very important. We have people that are just, they are in rebellion. And you want to have some problems? Live in rebellion. And again, it's not just about rebelling to, you know, somebody you work with or, or the government, but there's a lot of rebellion that we need to help people understand. Fear. Fear's an indication that a person doesn't know the love of the Father. Fear can be manifested in control, a stress, anxiety, worry. All of these things are fear-based. So, a lot of times when people are, are really have a lot of fear, fear of sickness, fear of death, fear of failure, fear of, wow, fear of finances, all that fear is based in one thing. They don't know the love of the Father. So you don't chase after fear, rebuking fear. You focus on love of the Father. Unbelief. I just don't believe. Well, unbelief is indication they really don't know the Word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So a lot of times, you know, you can deal with, with people if they don't know the Word. Help them discover the truth, truth to make them free. Pain is interesting. I'm just in so much pain. I hear people say, well, I'm just, I'm hurting so bad. Well, more than likely, that's an indication of unresolved relational issues. And it's just the way it is. Um, anger points to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness points to anger. They work together. So what is that? What am I saying? What I'm saying is, is that a lot of times the pain we're experiencing, we're going to talk about healing the broken heart in the next session. But but how do you get free? You forgive. Forgiveness is love in action. Forgiveness is powerful. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to continue to talk about forgiveness because the quickest way to get free is to forgive. Now, I mean, if you want to have unforgiveness, it's going to lead to anger. 
It's going to lead to bitterness. It's going to make you bitter. It's going to cause you to be caustic in really in your relationships. So whenever that's going on in life, you just know that there's still some issues there. And you've got to recognize the fact that, man, somebody has hurt me, somebody has wounded me, somebody has violated my rights, and I'm offended, and I'm angry and upset, and I'm holding unforgiveness. And uh, I was getting my hair cut one day, and the barber was just going on and on and on. It was a a woman, she was talking about her ex-husband, how rotten he was, how terrible he was, how bad he was, how she hated his guts and all this kind of stuff. And I I just, I didn't know her, I just stopped her. I said, hold on. I said, listen, you have got to forgive him. And and it's gonna kill you. Unforgiveness kills you, doesn't kill the other person. He may be all that. He may have done all those things, but it's killing you to have unforgiveness and anger. So we can help people literally by just listening to their conversation and see what comes out. Anger or unforgiveness against parents. Uh, and again, typically goes into judgments, which means we make judgments. The judge not lest you be judged and to the degree that you judge, you'll be judged. So you're going to hear that in talking to people. Um, be aware of generational stuff. Have people say, uh, very first time we really encountered that, a friend of mine, it, uh, we were at, over at our house on our had a little Bible study going on, and he said, we've got to go because my wife has got migraine headaches. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, can we pray for her? I said, yeah, we can. But I said, is that something she gets off? He goes, yeah, she gets migraine headaches a lot. Her mother gets migraine headaches. Her grandmother gets migraine. I said, I said wait a minute. That's a generational sins of the forefathers thing. She doesn't have to live like that. He's going, what? I mean, most people don't even realize that we've accepted so much stuff into our lives. It is not. We don't have to. We can be free of that. Uh, we need to be aware that sometimes there is demonic activity. We're going to have a whole session on talking about demons and how to cast out demons. But you can pick that up by the Spirit. Obviously, all kinds of sin opens the door, and uh, there's all kinds of soul ties and connections. But here's the, here's the bottom line. The real ministry is love. And uh, we can hurt people even though we know truth. So we got to be very careful, very sensitive. But what a privilege it is that we get to participate in helping people walk in freedom. Now, a lot of times, the best way to do this is to lead somebody in prayer. And how do you do that? Excuse me. Well, a person leading them in forgiveness is like this. Say, Father, they will now repeat after me. Say, Father, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I choose, I choose in obedience to the Word of God, in obedience to the Word of God, to forgive and have them name it. And we've led people through prayer because a lot of times they can't do it. They cannot literally. We'll sit there and go, nope, you got say the person's name. I choose to forgive. The forgiveness is not an emotion. It's, it's, a, it's not a feeling. It's the choosing to do the will of God. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The key to true freedom is a person has to take personal responsibility for their life. All we are, are we're a representative to help them offload and to get connected to Jesus and his love. We're not here to solve their problems, fix their problem. We're trying to help them take responsibility for their lives. 
apply the gospel of the truth of God's word into their life so they can experience the freedom that Jesus paid for at the cross for them to experience. And, and that's why, you know, obviously most people have heard of a 12-step program. 12-step program is phenomenal. But do you understand the key to this 12-step program is to accept personal responsibility. That's why it says that, hi, I'm Terry, I'm an alcoholic. Because we don't like taking responsibility and calling things the way God calls things. So I just want to encourage you to help them. If you lead them in prayer, then at the end of John, remember it says, whatever sins you've remit or remitted, whatever sins you retain or retained. So literally, <clears throat> as a representative of heaven, say you're forgiven. You're forgiven. And, and help people walk in that. Um, wow, it's amazing what God allows us to participate. Again, I've got no responsibility to make somebody do something. I've got no responsibility. They don't have to do what I tell them to do. I'm really just here as an ambassador. I'm trying to help them connect to Jesus, connect to the power of the gospel, connect to the power of the Spirit so that they can have life and that, that flow of life can come into them. So all we're trying to do is help them point out things that they might need to deal with if they'll take responsibility for that. Never embarrass anyone. Never, ever embarrass anyone. If God reveals something to you that's embarrassing, either don't share it or share it privately, but don't share it in front of somebody else. Um, talked about being aware of demonic activity. We'll talk about that in an entire session. A lot of times people say they won't help, but they don't really want help. And so that's one of the issues you need to be aware of. A lot of times, you know, it's like, mm, you can only do so much. So don't try to go beyond what God would have you go help you do. Another issue is don't try to solve every person's problem. Wow, you know, sometimes people can only handle so much as you're praying for people. And don't take this pressure on yourself. Remember, it's not about you and your ability. It's about you trusting the Holy Spirit and helping somebody connect to that. So bottom line is, we get to do this. We get to participate in his ministry. Now, the last part I want to talk about here is how to use your hands and lay hands on people. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 says, one of the elementary principles is the laying on of hands, plural. So it's really interesting because even modern medicine has proven that when nurses touch the people, the patients, that they recover more. So there's been studies done where they actually go in and touch the patient, and not weird, not weird stuff, but there is something about touch and touching people that there is life. If you've got life and you touch something, life's going to get on somebody else. So the, the, the power of blessing, there's a power. We're told to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We're told to lay hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. We're told to lay hands on people to commission them. And we're told also to be careful. Don't be too hasty in laying hands on people. But the point is, is that we've got, we've got something here that really works. Um, one of our spiritual mentors, one of our spiritual moms, boy, she believed in laying on her hands. Wherever she went, she believed in touching somebody. And it's amazing how we'd go out to some place and she would reach her hand out. It's amazing. If you reach your hand out, more than likely people will reach their hand out to you. Now, again, now we're, we're recording this during the COVID-19 
19 deal, and it may, may not always be the case. But the point is, is she would, every way possible, reach out and touch somebody. And it's amazing. She believed that every time that she touched someone, the life of God was touching someone. She had faith, not in faith in herself, faith in God and the understanding of the power of laying hands on. And so it's something that we want to do. Really, really important. My personal testimony, and I'll just share this briefly, but I was getting ready to go in for back surgery. This is way back in the early 80s. And uh, at a breakfast meeting, I was going to enter the hospital on Sunday and have back surgery on, on Monday morning. On Saturday, at a breakfast meeting, a guy asked me, he said, how are you doing? You know, I'm a good church person, so I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm doing terrible. My back is killing me. I can hardly move. I can hardly stand it. And finally, I said, you know, to be honest, I'm going to go in for back surgery. And the guy said, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. And he said, again, this was a businessman's deal. And he said, have the church prayed for you? And I said, yeah, they have. And he said, can I pray for you? And I said, sure. Well, he, boom, put two hands on my shoulders, which that was not my experience in church life. It was like, wow, that was like sort of weird. I have no idea what the guy prayed. Six weeks later, at a meeting, God changed my life. And the first thing that I remember when I really got baptized in the Spirit and all these things began to happen to me, that guy laid hands on me. I have no idea what he prayed. I've later seen him and I've told him that. But I don't think we have the understanding of how much we get to do. We get to participate. We can lay hands on people, see things happen. So, we need to be careful. We don't need to just lay hands on somebody. You need to ask them. Said, you know, can I pray for you? Can I put my hand on you? I prayed for a person one time that, again, was not aware of much of that same, like I wasn't aware of. And I said, can I put my hand on you and pray? That's a biblical term. Jesus laid hands on people, and the disciples laid hands on people, and we're told to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And the person said, yes, you can. So, just be, be uh, careful. Some people don't want you touching them. But if you can, ask them to. You don't have to put the hand on the place of what the problem is. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you be careful where you put hands. And be careful what you do when you lay hands. But believe this. Believe that when you are, have the opportunity to lay hands, you're imparting life. Remember when Jesus came up, the lepers came and wanted to be cleansed. And he said, if you're willing... He says, I'm willing, and he, he extended his hand. Now, remember, Old Testament, if you touched something that was, that was dead or something that was sinful, you were exiled for a period of time for the cleansing to come back into your life. In the New Testament, when Jesus touches something that's sick and dead, it comes alive. So what happens is with Jesus, we're the ones, don't, we're not fearful of something getting on us. We're releasing the life of God to other people. So whatever you do, try your best to lay hands in faith, believing that you're carrying life and that life is to be imparted to the people you're praying for. So here's some things that are, you just need to be careful. You don't need to do, you just don't be religious weird. Uh, if you're shaking, be, don't, don't be shaking and trying to pray for somebody. Don't put your hands on their head. In some cultures, that's offensive. So be careful with what you do. Be sensitive to the people. Uh, we're, we're living now in a world where the, the nations are here. 
The nations are all over us. We run into every kind of people from all over the world. So their customs are a little different. So be careful. Always ask them what you should do. Don't rub or stroke somebody or or try to massage them. This is not what it's about. It's not trying to push somebody. Um, Just don't be religious or spooky. Um, Always ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him, am I supposed to do this or what am I supposed to do? But the bottom line is this. We get to be used. God is allowing us to participate in what a phenomenal blessing. And I love praying for people and seeing lives changed. I'm not the change agent. All I get to do is be a conduit. Think about this. A pipe carries something through it to some other place. That's all we get to do. Try not to be a polluted pipe. Try to let the power of God come through you and to release to somebody else. That's all God wants to do. There's no pressure on me. I don't have to perform. There's no pressure on you. You don't have to try to do something. You just have to be available. It's not about how much you know. It's about knowing him. It's about loving in a manner that is so contagious that people go, whatever you got, I want it. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to try to do something. No, I just have to love and release the power of God to them, believing that God loves them the way he loved me, and he wants me to be used. We get to be his hands and, and feet. Is that amazing? And it's, it's amazing to me. So what I want to do, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that God would help us to really be effective ministers Father, we love you, we bless you, we thank you. Wow, what a privilege it is to be able to be used whatever way you want to use us. You said the fields are ripe unto harvest, but the laborers are few. We volunteer right now, just right now as you're watching this, say, I volunteer. I I want to be a laborer. I want to lay hands on people and see them recover. I want to be used to release the ministry of Jesus. Whatever you want me to do, I'm your servant. I'm available. And Lord, I'm asking you to use me. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me. I ask you to open doors so I can share with people and pray with people. And Lord, I know that I'm not the source of healing. I know that I'm not the source of deliverance. I know that I'm not, uh, it's not about me. It's all about you. So help me to love people the way you love people and help me to help them connect to you in such an effective, powerful way that their lives are changed forever. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.